This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 760, brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy and enter the promo code iFanboy. And of course, listeners just like you. You're out there, you're, you're, you're washing your hands, you're wearing your masks, you are doing the right thing so that we can all get through this together. I'm going to keep saying that. Deal with it.
Welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 760. Those numbers. It's a big round they one. Do, they keep going up. Yeah. This is, so that that makes this an all-star anniversary double-sized issue. No, seven, the, the, the seven, 75s, 25s, the 50s. The 60s never got the love that the five, the, you know. Right, but I'm saying from now on, every even number is a, is a oh, special edition. Every even number? Yeah, we're just, wow. you know what, let's just right. go and get there. Basically, any integer... Is, is Any non-prime number? All numbers get a trophy. <laughs> I'm Josh Flanagan. This is uh, my co-host Connor Kilpatrick, and the two of us have run out of math knowledge at this. I'll point. be honest. I'll be honest with you, though. Um, the way we keep going long, every episode is a special long episode. It's true. And if nothing so else, we've go. built up a bank so that when there is one that's really special and that we don't notice, like a 75 or something, and it's yeah, just we're normal, fine. we're covered. Yeah, I think. Yeah, cool. Good we, job. Well, it's a comic book show, so we have to follow the aesthetic of the thing. Mm-hmm. Also, we're going to renumber. This is this is two now. <laughs> I'm just two legacy seven sixty. Yeah. Uh, dot if we are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks the one they like best. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, listener mail. If we have time, it will be fun. There will be spoilers. If you like, don't care about that, then fine. But if you do, go screw. Uh, Connor's final pick of 2020, uh, when I looked at it and read it, was in no way a surprise, and I don't even think we need to have this conversation. Well, this was a crazy week. I mean, uh, I was looking forward to it because this is my last pick of the year, and I thought, oh, what am I going to get to read? And it was like every major book came out this week. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as I sat down to read on Tuesdays, because that's when DC books come out now, I was like, oh, man, this is like, this is going to be a really hard week. And it turned out to be pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Much to probably a lot of people's surprise, the pick of Justice League, Endless Winter number one, Andy Landing and Ron Mars writing, Howard Porter on art, Hi-Fi and N-World Design uh, on support, colors and letters. And I, I wasn't even sure I was going to read this week. I think we made fun of it last week. I don't, um, I don't remember that because I had never heard of it. And when I saw the... Bleak t- Winter I, Poetry, you remember that joke last week? That was from this yeah. this ad for this book. So when I saw the title, I assumed... I didn't even. I, I must have gone right past it in sort of the books available, but I assumed that it was one of those um, anthologies, and I was like, "Oh, right. son of a bitch, did one of those eighty-page anthologies again." <laughs> and then I thought, oh, "I'll take a look," and I read it. Um, mm-hmm. Go on, you can you can talk about it. Well, so we had two events, and this is I'm just putting events in quotes. Uh, two of these kind of books come out this week: one from Marvel, one from DC, and I wasn't quite sure if I was going to read either of them. I ended up reading both, just because. Um, and it was a. I was about. Well, let's see. One, two, three, four pages into this one, when I went oh. <laughs> and the reason I went oh was because Howard Porter drew this. This was very much a classic JLA lineup. They introduced the characters like they used to do in JLA, the Grant Morrison Howard Porter book back in 1996, with the, with their you know their their logos when they appeared in a dramatic fashion. And as I said on Instagram in the Best Week in Panels feature, the speed at which I was returned to 1996 was sort of breathtaking. Mm -hmm. And I don't – we've been reading a lot of Howard Porter books, and we really like Howard Porter. I know he's very controversial among newer readers, but we like him a lot. And the wave of JLA nostalgia hit me really hard reading this book. And not just from the art. I thought the writing from Andy Lanning and Ron Mars was incredibly fun. And – this, if you had to, if you put a gun to my head, this might have been the best issue of a JLA comic since 2010, mm-hmm. since the reboot. I would say that 
I mean, Howard Porter being there as a certain flavor um, yep. was definitely uh, part of the, the package, but um, it really put me in the mind that there's a lot of guys who don't write mainstream comics anymore for whatever reason, or, you know, aren't on the, the A-list roster, you know, and they kind of got knocked out of it. Andy Lanning, um, he was an inker. Uh, I don't know if he even still inks, but uh, he he had had a long storied runs on books with uh, with his partner Dan Abnett, uh, yes. Dan Abnett, and and yeah. then they had and those books were great. Like they basically yeah. created everything that those Guardians of the Galaxy's movies are. Oh yeah, Le- oh yeah. If you're enjoying those movies, then you owe them a debt of gratitude. Yeah, uh, and then they had some sort of split. Uh, the details of which I don't really know about. Uh, I know that we interviewed the two of them at one point, and they seemed like awful fun chaps. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then Abnett did more things. Landing on his own didn't do too much. Ron Mars, uh, you know, guy I've known forever, uh, you know, and, and uh, a really strong writer. And, he, you know, yep. I think he kind of fell out of favor because of new style versus old style. But I actually think that he traverses that ground really well. And I've never actually seen him co-write something with somebody. So I don't know how this worked. Um, right. But I was really like, you know... It would be really fun if more of these kinds of guys from the early 2000s, late 90s, like, you know, who were doing great works. These are the people who who brought comics back, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, from from nothing. And then and then we're into whatever it is we're into now. But I just like, oh, this feels like a, this feels like a superhero comic. And I think that you're right. And then I was like, oh, this is a Justice League book. I mm-hmm. don't remember the last time I read a Justice League book that felt anything like this. Exactly. That's the weird, there's this weird ineffable feeling about it that like mm-hmm. I don't get from the current Justice League book. I, I haven't gotten it in a long time. I don't think I've got it in the New 52 era the, at all. And it's it's this it's this it was fun. It was joyful. It had stakes. The characters all had fun moments. There's a through line in which the Flash is worried about work life balance. So he's he's consulting all of his teammates throughout the issue. And the big story here is that um, so Superman. It's it's loosely tied to continuity. Superman, you know, moved the Fortress of Solitude. I think it's in the Bermuda Triangle now, and um, because that stupid villain destroyed it, and so these uh, evil corporate excavators are going there to see what they can get from the the old site, and they find some old Kryptonian crystals and things that are in this in the snow. So they're excavating that, and in the course of doing that, they have awakened an old sort of frost giant god. And that's the Frost King, and so that's the that's the big weak story name, here. If I'm going to be honest, it's a weak yeah. name, but they they ran out of time. The Frost King, sure. Um, and <laughs> it so doesn't that's, matter. That's Nobody the... cares about that. Let's have Flash <laughs> talk about his his life. Right, and that's sort of the main thrust here is that this this they waken this giant. He start he brings uh you know winter to the world. So we see all the you know Gotham, Manhattan, Washington, Metropolis, Kondok. All the main places in the DC universe, you know, covered in snow and ice, and the Justice League has stopped. And there's a nice little flashback with fun art. Um, I didn't write down that artist's name I, in the script; I forgot. But uh, it just it, it just felt like a Justice League book. And I don't know, you know, we've we've talked a lot in the show about the Justice League and the Avengers books. Both of them used to be the spine of each respective universe. Neither one of them is anymore. They're both sort of afterthoughts. No one talks about them. They're not important. And because I think they're just they're missing a spark. They're both missing a spark. And this book had that spark. I don't know why. The other artist was uh, Marco Santucci. Marco Santucci. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it had to do with the like. It was kind of fun. Like the they brightened up the colors a little. You know, like it. it there was the stuff going on, but they all seemed to like each other. There wasn't mm-hmm. as much grim. I think yeah. you know, like when when Aquaman showed up, 
the mm-hmm. the way that he, he you know his countenance was sort of how like, he smiles in the second panel mm-hmm. and i thought oh they're they're buddies and that kind of makes it more fun in fact that's i think a lot of what is working over in um uh the deceased stuff you know is yep. that they're buddies yeah yeah. And, and they like each other and you get to see that relationship a little bit you see them uh, as humans and like so if you think back to uh what was the the marvel one that just happened uh um with Which all the plant people oh i already um, forgot yeah well that exactly but i i was thinking about empire? Those, yes empire with a y uh, uh when, i think back to those like well okay when when those first issues were they fun yeah, were they, they like? Were. Do you want to hang out with those people? I know, but like, kind of. But it, it sort of goes away. No, like, we liked that first issue because it was like that, and then it, yeah, then it got, got all. And then everything stupid. gets all serious and gritted teeth, and I just think that's less. It, it might be us. It might be the times. It might be a combination, but it's just less, less fun. It's less endearing, I think. And you like, you know, it's the eighty-six problem. We're always kind of getting sucked back into the well, and sometimes that stuff's pretty good. But then every once in a while, something comes along, and you got your Flash and Superman on a page, and it's a sunny day, and you're like, "Oh, that's what comics should feel like," or at least that's what you know enough of them should feel like. Uh, and, and this is this is consciously recalling those JLA books. Oh, totally. I mean, the way that they're in, first of all, Howard Porter, the way they're introducing the characters. The first time you see Batman, he's sort of crouched in the shadows, very much like the first time we saw him in the first issue of JLA. Um, you know, Aquaman and. Wonder Woman were very much a pair in that book. Here we they're paired up here. It's very much like it's also it's also almost the classic lineup where missing Martian Manhunter when I kept hoping he would show up. Yeah. Because of that. Um, even though this is John Stewart instead of Kyle Rayner and this is Barry Barry Allen instead of Wally West, it very much is the the way that those those books sort of laid out their stories. They were pairing the pairing the characters up and um you know, facing a, a a story bigger than them. Plus, you know, great human moments. I like the Flash visiting Black Lightning and his was, family because that was my his next. Family's very very stable. It was a little bit of a whiplash from that last Black uh, Lightning uh, story I read a week ago. That <laughs> <laughs> just I was like, this guy's doing fine. <laughs> He's all right. Um, and also, that drawing makes him look super short. It's not not Howard Porter's finest moment, but um, no, that's not a great panel. I mean, we, we you know we admit it. He's, he can be. He's had he's had hand problems. He can be. Wonky sometimes, but uh, everyone's a little squat in that panel. But yeah, but but uh, you know, like the also feeling? the flash is looking right at us, which is unsettling. <laughs> Stop looking at me. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, that kind of scene in the middle of it, and and I guess the fact that this is like a, it's a start. Is this the start of an event, or is this like an event it's, series? It's kind of like next week. There's a super. It, it okay. happens in the Flash book, and then there's there's a Superman special. I so think it's, it's happening over a course of a couple of it's books in the current continuity. Yeah, yeah, because Aquaman is talking about getting married here, and he's getting married in his book, so it's it's in the continuity. It almost feels the next like... issue continues in the Flash seven sixty seven, so it's it's going through like the books. It's like a little revolt. That, yeah, it's like let's make comics a little fun. Let's 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 back up. I mean, I guess if you keep metal over on one side, you know, and you keep Tom King's Batman over one place or whatever, then you have room for this. And mm-hmm. it's not that those things are bad, but I think that you know. I'm trying to think of a metaphor for what it's like, but you know, it's, it's, you know, you're in your house, you've got the curtains drawn and, and you're, you know, you're well, playing a video game and it's, it's nice in here or whatever. And then you open the windows and you go, oh, it's really nice outside. Like, that's kind of what, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, Oh, look at that. I forgot about the sun. And that is kind of what this feels like, both visually and, you know, with us, I think there's definitely a, a throwbacky thing. And I'd be interested to see how younger readers or people who yeah. came along at a different time react to it. 
Um, I and if this continues through other creative teams, you know, point. so if it's unless these three people are doing all those chapters, it, it, it could feel very different. And it, it could just be that we've and we've happened to have them before where the introductory issue is terrific and then the rest of them sort of falter. I, mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but it could happen. And we'll see if that does happen. I did enjoy there was a little line here where Flash and Superman are talking where Superman says, I really thought that revealing my identity would be a good idea. I was like, yeah, you did, didn't you? That's a bad idea. Yeah. There's a lot of that sort of subtle commentary in a couple of those. Superman I mean, the, the whole thing is a very general commentary, I think. Yeah. The, I mean, everything about it, like from the – who edited this? Because, you know, you're, you're putting Mars and landing on it. So those are both people from more or less a different era in comics. Years ago. Uh, you know, Just they're not going to – Ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. The, so you know, the 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 Green Lantern stuff was mid late nineties. Um, Alex Carr, was the editor. Yeah. So, and then Howard Porter being cast here, Hi Fi Colors, like all of this is. It's like let's do these kind of books again and see how it goes. And um, well, it's good for us. Yeah, I, I look. I I had a lot of to- I had a great time reading books this week. Uh, the heavy hitters really delivered. I had a I had fun. But I, I think I read this one very, fairly early on in the process, and I was like, "Man, that was really fun." And I kept thinking about it as I would read more books. I kept going back to the, to the issue with my head. Actually, I don't think that we we pointed it out, but like sort of the beginning segment where the you know the four B list or supervillains are like, "All right, we figured something out," and then everybody shows up, and the way that they revealed that was really fun too because I, I don't know I didn't I had no idea what this was I barely looked at the cover I just started reading mm-hmm. it because you picked it and all of mm-hmm. a sudden Green Lantern and Flash shows like oh that's kind of fun and then Superman and Wonder Woman show up and then and I was like oh wow this is like a this is like a Justice League fighting supervillains adventure <laughs> you know and and right it's great yeah like and, and it's just it was so novel that like <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> I just wasn't yeah. prepared and then I and it's like immediately I was like, oh, I see why Connor picked this. There's no, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I, I and we, we've been doing this a long time, and we talked about it before. You know, oftentimes the way we read is different from what other people read. And, uh, you know, I if I if if I keep thinking about a book as I'm reading other books, that's usually the sign. Yeah. You know, like if I if I finish a book, oh, that was really good. And then my mind goes back to the scene with Clark and, and Barry talking. Mm-hmm. And or or Aquaman showing up, then I go, well, that's that's probably it. And then when I finished all my books, I was like, man, the most fun I had reading was Justice League: Endless Winter. And there you go. Yep. Now, for I was wavering for a minute about Fantastic Four Road Trip. It's number one, but it's a, it's a, it's a one shot. Christopher Cantwell, Philippe Andrade, terrific oh. team. Um, Fantastic Four body horror. It should. And if been- you took the. <laughs> First five or ten pages, this could have made a contender. Um, body horror, not for me. But man, uh, I, I again wasn't necessarily planning on reading this, but I saw the creative team and I was like, "Well, Cantwell's on a run, and Andrade's terrific." So I picked it up and Fantasy Four on a road trip. Things go really wrong for them on the road trip because of Reed's readness, and up until the the things. Skin started coming off. I was all in on this, and then I was like, Ugh, "For That's, the rest of I the mean, issue." I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, I, like it's it was very effectively done. In just a matter oh, yeah. of like, and I think there was a sound effect, like a you know, and he was, oh, I don't want that. I like I've had nightmares about that kind of thing, like actual <laughs> yeah. literal nightmares 
about that very thing that the thing is going through there. And um, but in in terms of characterization, in terms yep. of sort of the internal turmoil of a family, and the you know the father's ineffable hu- uh, uh, hubris, like he just. <laughs> like he cannot get out of his own way and the last page is he hasn't learned a damn thing no. and and i i really it was really well done it's i, I was t- i think i talked about this last week is there's been this through line of cantwell what he seems to do really well for, in all the comic book works mm-hmm. and then over mm-hmm. in halt and catch fire is a very smart man who means to do well who can't get out of his own damn way yeah and that's dr doom that's tony stark that's reed richards that's that's uh and that's um Gordon and uh and Joe. Yeah. From Halt and Catch from, Fire. It's yeah. you know that's that's the pattern that's going on here and he he does it so well. You know like mm-hmm. I I read this and and I've been enjoying the living crap out of uh the regular Fantastic Four book that's mm-hmm. going on right now but I was like this is great. This is <laughs> this is a fine Fantastic Four book. Um and I think if if Cantwell's thing is going to be to drop in and do four, five, six, eight, ten issues or something, you know, and not, maybe not do a, a 50 issue run or something like that. Mm-hmm. Great. Do that. Come and make a mark on these, like, like set a bar almost. Also, if you want to just keep doing like one shots like this, you yes. know, like, so, I mean, the, the main, the, the, the top line is that the Fantastic Four is on a road trip. It's, it's the family plus the kids plus, um, Alicia. And it's, it, it doesn't include the other kids. It doesn't include Johnny's weird girlfriend it's 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 in continuity but it's also a one-shot sort of out of continuity it's just and, the family i mean yeah it's just the family and alicia is the is married to things so it's just the family and uh although they adopted the kids it doesn't matter the point is it's it's in the continuity but it's not in the continuity right um and reed wants they're on a road trip to the grand canyon and reed wants to which by the way is a long road trip from new york and reed wants to uh check out a he creator cre- a meteor he created creator. a wormhole between new jersey and like uh, uh, the edge of Colorado. That's because otherwise it's just corn. Yeah. Um, and he they, they, he goes to excavate this site and he wants to study these sam- soil samples and uh, turns out a supervillain knowing their trip, knowing Reed set this up, poisoned the samples which which causes all of the Fantastic Four to experience various body horrors and uh, it's terrible and then of course they end up saving the day. But I really loved all the character stuff. I actually really loved the part where um, uh, uh, Franklin keeps multiplying mm-hmm. the sequence where he's all over the house and Reed is like sort of watching him, ha- watching it happen and he, then, but quietly. Yeah. And then he's like, Franklin, something wrong. Why? Well, you're simultaneously in every part of the house right now. And it was like very sort of calm and, and it wasn't clear know, what yeah. was happening either. Like I thought right. time was passing. Right. And he was looking at the kid be bored in all these different places. So that was really well, executed um and and there's a bit there's a line a bit later where they go to explain it and it's like i, I don't know where i am i don't know mm-hmm. which one and i it's just it's really well written and it's fun it's funny this is two books in a row where we talked about the fact that they're just um some super villains yeah some some old school you know super villains bad thinker and right isn't it weird that that's novel right you know what i mean like yeah. the, like there's always a lot of books now seem to focus on a supervillain, so the story really just seems to be over, you know, in Batman, 
book is mostly Batman versus Joker. That's kind mm-hmm. of what it is and has been for a long time. You right. know, uh, Superman is uh, Superman versus Lex Luthor. Oh, but more in a nemesis thing than a fighting thing. You know, like that's that's what that's what all the books have become. It's Daredevil versus Kingpin. It's not Kingpin shows up every once in a while. Right. Those those villains are constants. So we don't have these adventures, you know, with these silly villains. Um, and they should not all comics should be like that, but it's becoming clear there's not enough of them. Yeah, yeah. I just want to mention that Philippe Andrade is, is oh incredible, God. and whenever he shows up in a book, uh, he's not the kind of artist that's going to do like a run. He's not going to draw a fantastic for it. But man, if he wanted to, mm-hmm. it would be terrific. I love I love how lanky Reed is. Yeah, I love his thing. In fact, the way that he draws Reed, uh, you know, there's times where where I was like, well, is he supposed to be stretchy here, or you know. Is that just how you're doing him? And then what happened was slowly over the course of this issue, all of those exaggerations started to get more exaggerated. Yeah. And so, like, you actually kind of watch it all happen slowly. Yeah, you don't even realize that he, like, he's, he's having a problem. Like, he's got to pour his arm into a bucket because right. he's been lanky the whole time. Yeah, it's really, I mean, really beautiful, it's beautiful work. It really is. I would, the, the opening with Reed as Clark Griswold was great. <laughs> it was. Get a load of those denuded rock formations. Uh, <laughs> so, the book we never thought we'd see, Batman, Catwoman, number one, Tom King, Clay Mann, Tomu Moray, Clayton Cowles. This is the, this was supposed to be the final arc for Tom King on Batman. It was moved to its own book. Now it's a black label book. So, take that for what you want it to be. We might see boobs is what you're saying. I'm just saying it doesn't really, it's, it's, it is in no way lined up with what's happening in the other Batman books, so it's sort of off on its own thing, which is fine. Um, th- this is very much following a pattern of Tom King first issues in which we don't really know what we're in for yet. Yeah, There's a lot going on. This jumps all over the place in terms of time, even scene to scene, panel to panel. It's present, it's future, it's past. And so by the end of it, I was like, oof, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah, um, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it, but it was it's 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 hard to jump on. It's hard to get your emotional investment, not exactly knowing what's going on, which I is think, the, the the fine you know is how he usually starts his books. And that's yeah. fine. And I think that's right. It almost it did feel like I was like this. I I don't know if it was adjusted or what, but I said yeah, this would be really out of place in the regular Batman book. It doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah, work. No, they moved on different things, and and that's fine. Um, I do think that the time jumping at a certain point uh wasn't particularly well handled cuz it was mm-hmm. it was too intense and there were not enough signifiers that things were different i guess mm-hmm. like the only way that you could tell i think in the beginning i don't think i picked up on the fact that selena had like grayish hair i thought that was just sort of had to do with the coloring and then i was like oh is this the future because and and they finally close up on her and you see like there's some wrinkles on her face. And so and that's not bad. That's kind of a subtle reveal. I just, you know, it took me a little while to pick up on all those signals. And then, you know, you're wondering who she's talking to. Then we we zip back, you know, to her and Batman. And then we move around in time a bunch of times. Like you said, within the same page. And right. that starts to get that's difficult. But again, if you know Tom King and you sort of know what look, okay, this is his pattern. That's fine, but that requires a lot of a reader because uh, this isn't new reader friendly. I don't think, even in terms of story or in terms of like technique, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> I 
I liked it. I didn't. I didn't love it. But I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm a big Clay Man fan. I don't. You don't probably don't love him because he's he's somewhat. He's like on the Jim Lee spectrum, but he's much more fluid and uh, lively. It's the his his the way that he draws the characters is not my favorite kind of figure drawing, but you know, like the everybody's like you know hulking bodies and and you know. Which kind of makes sense, and everything is like, everybody's sexy. Yeah, that's what I was literally was my next sentence. Everybody's super sexified. Like, like Selena gets in bed and she's got a full like, uh, uh um, you know, lingerie outfit on. You know, <laughs> I was like, that's. Well, Selena wouldn't own any non-sexy lingerie. That's true. That's like. true. But even even so, it's a process. You know, and and it, but that's but the thing is, it, it's always like that. And then so we get into the sort of main story. Uh, 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 you know, where it's this woman, a- Andrea Beaumont. Now, is that the Mask of the Phantasm? Yes. Yes, it is. Is that exist in comics or is that just taken from the other thing? Uh, I think it has. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's complicated. The character that happened in the movie was sort of based on a character from the comics, the Reaper. The Was the Reaper? It was Batman Year Two, mm-hmm. the okay, Alan yeah, Davis yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly a one to one. This feels like him bringing Mask of the Phantasm into into his DC con- into his DC continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what. So we have Andrew Beaumont showing up. We have allusions to her becoming the Phantasm again. We have um, Catwoman in Florida. What did you think of the future bit? I liked it, sort of. I mean, I think like this is a version of the. I, this is your spoiler. I don't know how to talk about this otherwise. This is a version of the Joker that I think doesn't necessarily like. I don't necessarily want the books, but it's interesting in this. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I like his sort of calm, non-threatening relationship with Selena. Right. You know, like like they kind of talk like colleagues. You know, as they get away from the office. You know, and. Right. It's kind of interesting. I really like the outfit that um I, I don't know if that's the is that the killing joke outfit that she has uh that he has Joker standing in at that one point on page 19. No. No, it's it's uh, I like it. It's sort of a like cool 20, like 20s yeah. 20s gangster Joker. It's not that's not the killing. I mean if anything it's closer to the Dark Knight Returns when he wore that white the white suit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminded me. Of. I think I have that figure. Um yeah. that's actually meant to say that instead of killing joke. Um you know, I I and again, that's the thing I like about Clayman. I think the design of this stuff is just super cool and sexy. And even on that other page where she's, you know, in her Suicide Girls pose, uh, you know, the the wrinkles on the bed sheets and everything, like there's some really great stuff there. I think I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you can like you can like it. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I didn't, you know, it, it didn't blow me away, but I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to reading more of it. It's I not my it favorite kind of thing, basis. but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it takes a lot of the things Tom King has been interested in in Batman and just bring them together. He's clearly interested in that whole animated world. He said that in the beginning of his run. Um, that sort of fell off. But then his use of like the silly villains, like Calendar Man, shows all that stuff. And, you know, he likes the, Joker, the Catwoman-Batman relationship, and that's been important to his run. And so he's bringing sort of all the elements of his run together here, I feel like. Yeah, and he's good at it, so it works. But I think you said what I was feeling is that this is great as the sort of out of continuity black label story. I, don't, I wouldn't want this to be in continuity. I think at a certain point, and you know, maybe this is you know, kind of kudos in a way to DC editorial. I don't really like the way it played out, but 
you know, maybe maybe moving it over there where they saw it was going. And then also, you know, Tom King for sort of doing a story and s- sticking to it. And they're like, we, mm-hmm. can, we can't do this in the main book. And they figured out kind of a solution to let him finish his story his way. It was a little inelegant, but in the end, it was probably the right thing to do on both fronts. Yeah. I don't think you could have done any other Batman books in conjunction with a book like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. It just, it just, it would have been too hard. Especially if in the middle of it, they were like, it's endless winter time. And he was like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so speaking of making you work for it, uh, Strange Adventures number seven of 12, Tom King, Mitch Garretts, Evan Doc Shaner, Clean Cows. Um, this was, I liked this issue, even though it was a whiplash of what the hell's going on until almost the very end of it. It felt very much like that issue of Batman he did with which with Mitch Garage where Batman was being tortured mentally and we were it was like every couple of pages it changed. Do you remember mm-hmm. that issue? Yeah, yeah, I do. It felt much like that one. I gotta say, is this this is a twelve issue, right? Yeah. I can't say that this has hooked me yet. I, I think this is this is and I, I don't know what to say about it yet because I think again, with all these issues you gotta look sure. at them as a all these series you gotta look at them as a whole piece. But uh, between Mr. Miracle and the Vision, uh, I wouldn't put Sheriff of Babylon in even those 12 issues. It, this is probably the least emotionally um, I've been involved in one of these books. I really like it. I'm very excited when it comes out. Yeah. I think it's, it's the so strongest interesting. art out of any of those books. Well, Mr. Miracle is pretty amazing. But I, I, I mean, the, I think the Doc Shaner stuff really adds something to these. Yep. It's just that I, I still... I'm not, I mean, I get it. It's a, there's a PTSD element to it, but I, I'm not, oh, sure, like, yeah. if you were to tell, like, if you want me to uh, synopsize the story right mm-hmm. now, I, I don't think I could do it. Like I kind of like there was some shit that happened and then something else happened and, and now no one trusts him and Mr. Terrific is looking into it. I just, I can't, I don't know. I think I think I need some kind of hook. So we're largely leaning on the idea about sort of trust in the creators. And at a mm-hmm. certain point, that kind of that that can that can come at back at you. You know, that that doesn't always work and I I want a little bit of reassurance that I'm going to a place. So like basically I'm 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 coasting on craft here, not emotion. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Which is the opposite I'm- of how you felt about your your pick of the week this week. Right. Which is like the craft is is really secondary to how this makes me feel. And the craft is incredibly high. Oh my goodness! Here. So the, I mean, there's a lot going on. The Picts, I think, are invading Earth. There's a scene of Batman is fighting the Picts with Adam Strange, um, but meanwhile, Adam Strange is being tortured. By I guess this... he got captured by the Picts, so he's being tortured, and mentally they keep sending him places that are terrible, and they bring him back. And they take I him feel like Dark Helmet, and I need Colonel Sanders to explain to me when now is. <laughs> Because I don't know. <laughs> when? when is now? When? Now is then. Was it then? No, we it just was then. missed now it. Now it's now. We just missed it. Now it's now. Um, yeah, and then the, you know, there's the whole idea as what happened to their daughter. Um, the, the hints have been that she may still be alive or something happened. And now Alana, based on her the last issue with her conversation with Terrific, is very suspicious of her husband now too. And so that's interesting. Um, Aaliyah? Aaliyah. Why did I say Alana? I don't know her name. That's what Alana the wife's name? That. <laughs> What's the do- Is the daughter Aaliyah? I don't know. I have no idea. Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn, the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, the wife, <laughs> Olivia Munn. Um, anyway, I liked it. 
I just I'm, uh, afterward I was like, Oof, that was that was that was an interesting journey, which is good. I I'll take this all day long as opposed to a mundane, you know, book yes. that's middle of the road. I think that yes, but I I, w- I don't want all my books to be like this. So like no 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 be, no no you know definitely not. You can this is a special thing and and I, you, I give it a lot of leeway and a lot of allowance and I'm ninety seven percent sure that at the end I'm gonna say oh that was worth it that was really but well, we have, like we have five issues to go mm-hmm. so we're just past the halfway point and it, it is eventually gonna have to start becoming clear now Mr Merkel didn't really become clear until issue twelve and once it did become clear it all made sense so yes you know. but the the other thing about that was there was a lot of the same thing there was a lot of quirky bits in that. It was some fun, mm-hmm. you know, like, like there were, there were segments and, and, you know, the relationship between Barda and, and Scott was, uh, interesting to watch the whole way through and like they were going through some stuff. This is all mystery. Like, I don't know yeah. where anyone is coming from except for Mr. Terrific. I know where he's coming from and he hasn't been in it for a couple issues. Well, he was in the last issue. That I was know. the whole issue with him. I know yeah. it was okay. It's been one, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think the little bit of that playfulness um, isn't in this that it wasn't the other one, or if it is, I, I it's harder to pick up on or putting out context. There, there was, before we move on, it was revealed that Adam Strange did kill that dude in the first issue, mm-hmm. which was the big thing in the beginning of the story was the the murdered f- fan or the guy who was attacking him about being a war criminal. He did murder. He murder. He did kill him, thinking that thinking he was a picked agent. Right now, was he a picked agent or was it PTSD that caused him to do it? We don't know. I so think they sort of said that he was. I don't know. He still thinks it was. He he thinks he wasn't, but then he's not sure. Right. Or he said, I don't think, there was no evidence, but but he's, he, he had no pick DNA, but I'm pretty sure he was a picked agent. So it, Here's what I know. Tom King went through some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's brave as shit to put it into this form and do something just on a personal level. Like, even, even if it's not him that went through it, like, he, you know, he saw it, he's he observed it. He, ugh, what a weird, what a weird story to get to be a point where you're a premier comic book writer. What a path. Let's on that note, let's take a quick break and talk about Mac Weldon. Uh Mac Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in a smart design and high quality fabrics. Josh, I'm wearing Mac Weldon right now. And we'll talk about that in a second. Mac Weldon offers a one stop shop. My mind goes basis. to what detail are we going to talk about that? <laughs> Socks. Everyone knows too much detail. That's the answer. <laughs> Socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts. Whatever you need, Mack Weldon has you covered. Unlike the assortment of department store brands that make up your top drawer, all of Mack Weldon's basics have a constant fit that you can count on. Why is Mack Weldon so awesome? Well, like I said, it's a one-stop shop. You've got socks, you got shirts, you got hoodies, you got underwear, polos, active shorts. Mack Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit, versatility. You're not just going to look great in Mack Weldon. Their underwear, socks, shirts and perform well, too, from working out to going out, going to work or on a date. Once we start doing all those things again, Mac Weldon is for everyday life. Right now, it's just for sitting on your couch or on Zoom. <laughs> Mac Weldon, also good for sitting. <laughs> it is. It is. It's not wrong. Also, great fabric and technology. Mac Weldon offers a wide range of customized fabrics that can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. It's in, they got the 18-hour, they got the silver, they got the air knit X, the dry knit, the warm knit. Mac Weldon Blue. They've created a totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two by spending $200, Mac Weldon gets you 20% off every, your order for the next year. Every order for the year, you get 20% off once you hit level two. And they've got a great guarantee. Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. 
So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll refund you. No questions asked, which is a really great policy. It allows you to try, which we've been telling you for years. You should just try it. You should just try it. It And now there's no risk to you. There's two things that I noticed Mm -hmm. in there. One, they're not mentioning, but I want to. I was on there. I was browsing around, as I want to do. And they had these these fancy flannel shirts. And I went, oh, that's for me. So I don't know if I'm going to put that on like a Christmas list or just pick one of those up, but that's definitely, that's going to be a thing. Um, two, uh, I am a big fan of putting a bunch of stuff in a cart and then looking at the total go way down from what I thought it was going to be. And so right. like, the, like if you, you know, the 20% off with the, the thing, I'm a big fan of that. Because all of a sudden, it's like getting an instant discount on everything that you didn't really know how to expect. And I love that. It's a nice little surprise. Yes. Yeah, I'm wearing Mack Weldon underwear right now. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable. It's exciting. And this has been actually a good Mac Weldon week, unintentionally. You know, like it's I said, exciting. it's all it's like you're all, in the room and your wife hears you from the other. Woo, what's wrong, guys? Put my underwear on. It's cool. Don't worry about it. it it's all, you know, loungewear right now. So the other day I was uh, I was a human mullet. I was business on the top. I was Mac Weldon A sweatpant on the, on the bottom. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did the A sweatpant on Thanksgiving. Nice. Well, Good they, well, no. But here's the thing: like, I get dressed every day. Like for yeah. like, put on pants. I like, I get excited when I can wear jeans again. You know, it, and my wife like notices this. And at some point during Thanksgiving, like I was running around and I was cooking. It's just me here with her. It wasn't like a big deal. But um, and uh, <laughs> they made this giant turkey for us, and nobody ate it. But um, you know, at one point I switched. I was like, I, I need to be comfortable right now. And Lindsay noticed it later. She was like. I noticed you changed out of pants. Like it was really unusual for me to do. And I was like, yeah. I, and I was excited that these were clean. So that's what I was, it was excited. That's what happened. Well, they're nice tapered fit. They're mm-hmm. still fashionable. Even if you're wearing, you know, you're not just wearing sweatpants. I also have the, uh, the other pant, the uh, indoor outdoor pant, which I yep. wear a lot because those, those are also comfortable and forgiving for sitting all day long, but also. They got a nice stretch. You know, they don't um, look, they don't look too bad no. when you're wearing them with other, other clothes. So. We're 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 a Mac Weldon family, Josh and I. We know that. You know that. Everyone listening knows that. Everyone's everyone's it's it's the whole, you know, everyone knows we're a Mac Weldon fans. I'm wearing the blue underwear right now, the color blue. I don't know what actually line it is. But um you should check it out. For twenty percent off your first order, go to MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter promo code iFanboy. That code gets you twenty percent off your first order. MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Promo code iFanboy. Put these with the, with, put these on your lists. You tell your tell your relatives or your spouses like, hey, you know what? For this, I want a little something special. Why don't you give me something? And special? give them the code. Yep. And the thing is, like we said, there's a guarantee. If you don't like it, they'll refund you. There's it's there's almost no risk to you. But I you're mean, gonna put it on. And you're gonna like it. I mean, a, a pair of new underwear is always a risk. But I'm willing to give you my. I'm willing, I'm willing to vouch for it. Your Josh Flanagan ironclad guarantee. I mean, yeah. I mean, it holds no weight in any way. But I will vouch, like like the like a mafia member. Like these underwear are a friend of ours. Ooh, wow! <laughs> That's a big deal. That wow, could get that could get me whacked. Yeah. Yep. I read. I want to say about a half a page of the King in Black, and then I mm-hmm. skimmed for a little bit, and I thought this looks awfully nice, and then I stopped. Yeah. So I would, like I said earlier, uh, this week we had the two sort of mini events come out. We had Endless Winter. And we had King in Black. King and Black is from Marvel. It's from Donny Cates and uh, Ryan Stegman, J.P. Mayer, Frank Martin, Clayton Cowles. And this is uh, Clayton Cowles. Uh, Donny Cates is 
sort of internal event, state tensions around Venom. He and Stegman have been doing Venom for a while. Um, so I thought I wasn't going to read this, and I thought, well, I'm reading Endless Winter. I'll, I should read also King of Black. Hopefully it'll be fun, because we like Donny Cates a lot. We like Ryan Stegman a lot. This was not fun. This was this was a mess. This in terms of someone who's not been reading the book, this didn't do anything to help you. And uh, this was just a gobbledygook of Venom creatures who I hate. I hate Venom anyway, so this is probably never going to work for me. Nothing to do with the craft. The craft was there. Stegman's Mark Farlane inspired style is perfect for this kind of book for these characters. Donny Cates knows how to write comics, write these characters, but the overall story was just uh it was just they they didn't help a new reader it was a mess and at the end of the day i just don't like venom and so a story all about venom symbiotes 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 is a uh, sympathy <laughs> is uh <laughs> not gonna work for me and also you know call me an old curmudgeon comic fan but when spider-man got this this sympathy in secret wars um it, you know, it it didn't have a spider on its chest because it, it, the spider came from Spider Man. Like the fact that these these aliens, these alien venoms, also have spiders on their chest is stupid. So your your take on it is a little different than mine. Mine is I don't get it. Uh, these people must. And good luck to you all. Uh, you know, like I, I don't even have any feelings about it. I, I have to assume that you know, Cates is a heck of a writer. Really cares. This is the kind of thing he likes. This is like. This is like black metal, not the not the comic books, the actual music right. genre. Like, God bless you. You know that that's your. I'm thing. not mad at it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not mad. I just finished it. I went. Oh, well, that's too bad. It's not even too bad. It's it's just like you know. I'm not gonna. It's it's a it's a Hallmark movie. Not my it's genre. It's too bad because I was hoping I would like it. You know, I was hoping like it was gonna be like a really fun. I thing. would say and it wasn't. I, I go into everything hoping I I like it. Right, but I would say that. You know that wasn't that would be uh, uh, inauthentic to the product to make it a thing that you like specifically. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. It, it would not be what it is if it was the thing that you like, and then the people who like it would be like, "What the heck is this crap?" Heads up, Josh! It's crossing over in Spider Woman. They need to fix that. That that book. The next I issue like, of Spider. Yeah, okay, crossing in. That's crossover. Well, I can skip a month, or or I can. Did you read the Union? The Union? No, I downloaded it like I was going to read, read it and then didn't. Should I read it? Man, that's all right. That's what I figured. Um, uh, that Texas Blood number six, I believe this felt like the end. Did this feel like this the was, end to you? You didn't read the end, did you? The little essay. No, of course not. Uh, they, 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 this is the end of this story. They, they're, you shouldn't they, have to, I shouldn't have to read an essay to know that it's the end of a story. Just No, no, this is clearly the end of the story. Right, I, I the book, But there, this is the end of this story and they're hoping to do more that texas blood as a book probably as a texas crime anthology yeah all right let's you know um i gotta say the last two issues of this kind of went off a cliff for me yeah, i didn't like i didn't think this was that good i thought this was a little confusing i thought this came out of nowhere actually well that's what i'm looking through now yeah i thought i skipped an issue yeah all of a sudden it got wrapped up i don't remember how it was revealed that the wife was the killer no nope, um and you know, I, I like this. I didn't dislike every, it, but every, I think I think tonally, I think I think the dialogue was exemplary the whole way through. I just wanted to spend all my time with that sheriff guy. Um, I think those were all good, but in terms of story structure and how, like, really, I felt like everything that was important happened off camera between issues, and I was like, "What the hell just happened?" 
I really thought that I had missed something. And I, I you know, I, I, I think that's a, it's a way to tell a story, but I think it was really ineffective here. Um, I put that up to growing pains. I think it was really strong out of the start. And then the hard part is putting that, putting those pieces together in a way that is both compelling and clear enough. And I don't think that they succeeded at that. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it as a series. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset that I read. I'm not like angry at it. Like, <laughs> that's the, but no, that's I, what I, I would I call would, for myself. That's the Sons of Anarchy effect, uh, where I started watching and I was like, "All right, this is into it." And then at a certain point, I just got angry at it. I was like, "I can't believe you made me waste my time with this garbage." I'm not there. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I had the same thought you did. Like, well, did I miss something? Because like, yeah. it seems like it all came together real quickly. In the end, it says this issue concludes our first multi-issue story arc. I hope that you want more because we ha- we have more to give. So uh, if we get more, we'll, I guess we'll depend. I mean, theoretically, they'll get better, right? You know, they they have to. I I mean, I, I want to say they're young, but I don't even know what that means. But at least inexperienced. Um, but it's a good showing for inexperienced, and they got a they got a stage fairly early because of. Let's be honest, there was probably some nepotism involved. Yeah, they're doing more. He's he's sent the script to Jacob for the next the next thing they're going the next part so Good for them i'm i, I don't i'll, I'll probably i'll read more when it comes out i like to yeah i'll it. definitely it just it was overall fun and, it, and it, there's no other books out there like this right now that i'm reading so um i enjoyed reading it. spy island number four also seemed to wrap up the story i believe i thought i thought i had the same thought it seemed to be the end of this listen now. it's on brand for us to not exactly know and that's fine that's what you get that's what that's what you tune in for Chelsea Kane. What about Elise a panel Bissell. at the end? Every comic book has panels. You can just write the end or to be <laughs> continued. Come on. There's okay. a lot going on. Chelsea Kane, Elise McCall, Leah Metternich, Rachel Rosenberg, and then who let this guy in? Joe Caramagna. Um, <laughs> oh, look at this guy. Joey, what are you doing here? <laughs> what I like about this book. That's racist. And I've liked the whole way through is that um, it's absurd. It and I, I don't. And I had this thought reading, and I don't, I'm not, what I'm about to say is not what I'm about to say. It's not Monty Python. It's not that level. Obviously, nothing is at that level, but it has an absurdity to it, you know, where like all of these wacky things happen, and it all just, you just go, okay. And the characters are, do absurd things, and it all makes sense, and it's funny, and I like it a lot. What, what's interesting to me is that I usually don't like comics like this. This, to mm-hmm. me, reminds me of like a Roots Matt Fraction kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I used to get annoyed by that. But for whatever reason, the particular flavors of what's in here between narrative and characterization and silliness really worked for me, um, you know, and that's a combination of the art, which is Gered's like, I will say, mm-hmm. um, you know, but... but Steve Lieber-esque. Yeah, that too. Um it's like Steve Lieber mixed with Mitch Garrett's is, is yep. you know, there's little bits that visually outside of just regular storytelling, like watching the little Corgi in a bubble helmet swim underwater, you know, in sequence. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like it's a funny image. Um, I will to the thing that, I mean, if I, I could do a pick of the week for a concept, it's mm-hmm. the mime smoking inside the underwater oven. <laughs> I was like, wait, is he smoking inside his, his helmet? And he is. And I think that's about as funny as anything can be. <laughs> um, I, I actually, you know, we, we really like, um, we liked her last book, the cat book. Uh, Man Eaters. Uh, but I like this one more. 
Yeah. 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 Man, Man Eater's lost its way, I think. About in the, it was it was really interesting in the beginning, and I think by the end of it, it kind of lost its way. I think this was a nice short and sweet story. You know what? There's a there's one page in here. Uh, I want to say it's page eight, I think, uh, where there's uh, Freud's view of the human mind, mm-hmm. and it goes down through this structure that the I think it's the one that they were living in, and then it, you know it's above yeah. water and it goes down into the water, and all of the yeah. different bits are. It's just very funny. I don't even know how to explain it, and I don't want to, but if you read the book, you know what we're talking about. Um, you know, it was a really fun book, and I, I loved seeing there was a new issue and looking forward to it, because it was going to yeah. be unlike anything else. Correct. Mm-hmm. I want to mention Deceased Dead Planet 6. This this I also thought about uh, for a minute for Pick of the Week, because we... So this is 6 of 7, so this is the penultimate issue. We've reached that tragic point in the story, which is that the cure has been found. The cure for this disease. Mm-hmm. The cure has been found simultaneously to an army of Amazo androids being unleashed on Earth just to kill all of the uh, undead people who could now be cured. So we're watching all these people die who don't need to die. Connor, while I'm al- sensing a metaphor here. Well, also, what is this? <laughs> um, raise the stakes all the time. The devil yes. shows up. So... Uh, it's just, you know, everything is happening really badly while, you know, the tragedy of it is that they could be cured. So like they managed to cure big Barda and you're like, yay, triumph. And then right then, you know, all of Paris is wiped out. So all the French are gone, all the Parisian French. So that's, that's great storytelling is you're raising the stakes constantly. And then you introduce, you know, the ironic tragedy. He, he really, I mean, that is, we were talking about characterization, but his strength, this, you know who else is really good at this? Um, Brian Vaughn was amazing mm-hmm. at this. Characterization and then raising the stakes, the kill your babies, the, you know, yeah. like, they're constantly, you're constantly on a yo-yo of safety and danger. And that, I think, is is what's been going on. I thought it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, really good issue. Yep. We had not talked about it in a while, but this was a really good one. Or so one left. We had the other one wrapped up this week, the digital only one wrapped up this week, and then this has got one issue left. So very curious to see if they're going to keep this wagon train rolling or not, because it's clearly very popular. Whatever but it takes. Well, I'll, I'll follow. Also, I'll follow. It ends. It ends, and they've had a great run, which we'll we'll eulogize if it happens. But um, I'm in, you know so happy with deceased this year. There's been so much great deceased comic stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are the books we want to talk about. There was so many other books we could have talked about: Thor, or Daredevil, or Firepower. All kinds of things came out this week that we could have talked about. But we have to move on to the patron pick: Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where the patrons vote to add a book to the rundown. Every patron can vote. This week, the the winner in a blowout was Modok Head Games Number One, written by Jordan Blum and Patton Oswalt, who is voicing Modok in the upcoming cartoon, drawn by Scott Hepburn, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters by Travis Lanham. This was fine. Five stars. You have five. I loved this. I had I had a ton of fun reading it because uh, this is very similar to the reaction that I have about the mime smoking inside his helmet. Um, I expected nothing, and then mm-hmm. as it kept going on, I really liked that it stuck with the basic absurdity of the thing. Mm-hmm. If I didn't, if I don't take it seriously, if I'm not looking for narrative, but I am looking for you know aim agents to be you know relentlessly slaughtered yeah um i I had a lot of fun with it and i you know i i basically didn't expect to and i I, you know i have i know like like ryan uh agent m 
was always like a big Modoc person. And I was like, I yeah. get it. That's funny. But I haven't ever really enjoyed it. But the fact that this seems to be sort of taking place, you know, it's just its own thing that's going on. And he's at war with his own corporation. And to him, that doesn't mean political intrigue. It means he kills a lot of people. And every once in a while, like, I feel like I've seen Modoc, but I don't think that I've seen it a lot of times where he got, um, you know, like his thing is uh, something organism designed only for killing. And this, they really mm-hmm. leaned into that. And mm-hmm. I just took it in 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 the spirit of something being very silly and temp you know temporary, uh, and and it and it happened and I had a lot of fun with. It. I think there's one bit where he gets all of the. They were like, "You just sent the organism design for killing into the armory," and he comes out and he has all the different you know weapons and right. stuff. And I was like, "This is very ridiculous." And every time there's any shot of him like from behind or in, you know, just like you see like the whole of his body, it's very yeah. ridiculous. Uh, oh no! It, funny scowling Modoc is funny. There's a part where he's sitting at the the the, the, the AIM conference table and they're all having a meeting and he's just scowling. It's funny. I, I I it was fine. It was fine. I enjoyed it. I don't know if there's too that's just think it's too much Modoc, and I don't know that I necessarily cared about his hallucinations about a, a Modoc family, but um, I enjoyed the fact that he was in a power struggle with this woman, this other woman in AIM, and. The problem is he's a super genius, and he's also because he's a he's a robot. I guess he's a robot. No, he's a, he's part organism. I think he's like a yeah. cyborgy kind of thing. Right, because he got the robot brain, so he's very really smart. And uh, but also does you know a killing machine. I liked the bit where he blows the heist because of his uh, his hallucination. So they're all gonna f- get mad at him and fire him. But then he's like, while you are prattling along, I use my robot brain to basically manipulate the stock market and make more money than they would have made in the heist. So like, um. Like that stuff's all funny. I just by the end of it, I was like, I don't know if I need a whole miniseries of this. So I only need two to three issues. All right. That's that's what I need. Um, and it, it I when you know I say when we do the rating, I'm not going to say five, but mm-hmm. you know, in terms of sort of fun and and uh, you know, as a thing that I'm being forced to read, uh, <laughs> you know, it could go a lot worse. And I really had right. fun reading it. Are you going to watch the cartoon? There's a cartoon. I mean, no. What, Your kids what's might the like cartoon? it. They don't like anything. If it's <laughs> not a YouTuber screaming or playing a video game that is a dumb video game to start with, they don't care. See, your first problem was you allowed the internet into your house. Well, it's kind of given my career. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should tell them one day that YouTube's been turned off. I mean, they, I, they, they, I have they the, lost their funding and went into business. I have the tools to do that. Yeah, you should just say, "Oh, this is your first lesson in in technology going out of business." Sorry. And more YouTube. Oh. Watch this. Watch this you, Modoc cartoon. You've met my older son. You'd hear it from there. <laughs> he also he's kind of like Modoc. He would outthink he, you. He would a hundred percent Modoc this place. He has kind of a big head. <laughs> he would just destroy it. Um. So yeah, Patton Oswalt is playing Modoc in the cartoon, which oh. is coming. Uh, is it a Modoc? It's, yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's called Modoc. It's going to be on Hulu. It's a series. Yeah, it's going to be a series. It's going to be next year. Oh, God. Jason Blum is one of the people on the show. So this is basically, I'm sorry, Jordan Blum. Jason Blum's a different guy. Jordan Blum and Patton Oswalt created the show, and they both wrote this ar- this issue. All right. So it's uh, it's full of all of voice actors from, you'll recognize all of them from various. Every other cartoon? various No, various sitcoms. Okay. You know, Those Ben people. Schwartz, a lot of people from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live. You know, it's it's full of all the usual characters, but 
uh, Modoc and I think it's about Modoc's family. I mean, if 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 aim agents are going to be blown up, <laughs> I do like that. But so I, let's like I do, could get by with trailers. Let's do ratings on Modoc. Head games number one. Ratings. I'm doing three and a half stars. That's my fine rating. I'm gonna go three, three and a half. Four. Three is my fine rating. I'm giving a little bit higher because your enthusiasm got me. I'm gonna go four and a quarter. Uh huh. But in terms of what it is and what I expected from it, like you know, is it was perfect for what it was. You know, where do you want want to read this? I'm gonna give it a four and a quarter. That's what I'm gonna do. Are you sticking with it? I'll probably read the next one, but I think it's very likely that I will get bored after that. Okay. So there you go. Patreon.com slash fanboy. Every page you can vote another book to the rundown. Thanks for your votes. But if you give it the five dollar higher level, you get your superpower live on the show. Live. 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 This is one of those times where <laughs> I thought, oh, I have to do one of these right now, and I had just switched my gears. So is there any chance you have one written down? Me? Yes, you. Sorry, I just took a long sip from my tea as a way of stalling. Right. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I can go for Andrew Hunley. Yeah. I didn't write this down. This is me thinking on the spot. Andrew Hunley has you know, so like you know how like so Superman has that power where he can solar flare, but then he can't use it for a long time, okay. or he has no power for a long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like a power where you can only really use it once. This is like Andrew Hunley is like a nuclear bomb. He can only use this power one time. Okay. But what he can do is erase Minecraft from existence. <laughs> it will never have existed. Wow. He can only do it once, and that's only, and then he's done. No more power. But he can he can remove Minecraft from ever having existed. No one will remember it. It'll never have happened. I wonder kind of what kind of ripples that will make. He's like the ultimate. He's like the ultimate weapon for most families. I will. I will activate Andrew Hunley. You tell you what, it's not so much the Minecraft itself, but the YouTube people that it, spa- that it spawned. That's the problem. All, all a web. Huh. So he's right. like the. He's like the. He's like your football, the president's football. Right. I right. will press this button. I will call Andrew Hunley and I will activate him. Huh. Is he the only one who remembers that Minecraft existed? He's the only one who remembers. Wow, that's quite a burden. Well, not really. <laughs> he just he he sleeps fine at night. But but he but he he hears the songs occasionally, like you know, he he starts humming them. What is that song? Oh right, fuck. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't have any kids. Jamie, well, you've been around me long enough. Jamie, Jamie? Wakefield has the ability to travel to and exist on the moon unsupported by life support mm-hmm. that's it but only the moon yep just the moon the earth's moon luna not jupiter no 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 he can he can he can fly up to the moon he can hang out there the elements won't kill him he's just he can be so on once the moon. once beyond the moon though the elements would kill him so oh, between the earth and the moon he's fine but once he leaves the sort of bubble of the moon he would he would die in space yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's just the he can go to the moon and back. So there's there's research purposes that can take place sure. to find out some more stuff about the moon, but it's cold. Also, if that. he just wants everyone to shut up, he can go to the moon for a while. Oh man. That sounds nice. <laughs> Everyone's talking about Minecraft. I'm going to the moon. <laughs> I'm reading uh Seven Eves again. 
Yep. And in seven eves, the, the moon blows up, but that actually has everything to do with this, what I'm about to say. There's a bit where they sort of escape, you know, and they're, they're starting to form their society and live in space. And they talk about how men are, uh, not as well equipped for space as women, and that the men keep taking jobs that require them to go outside in spacesuits, which is more inherently dangerous, but they get to be alone. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Let's do the quick bit now. The quick bit. Hey, uh, patreon.com uh, slash ifanboy is where you can go and you can find a, a place to uh, donate to the show, help support the show. Uh, in doing so, you will be placed on the list to get a patron power at $5 or higher level. Uh, lower than that, or anybody can get uh, um, a, a, to vote on the patron pick, both of those things that we just did. And I, I think that adds to the show. So I think that's fun. You can be part of that. There are stretch goals. There's the G.I. Joe, Joe Corner show. And after that, the quarterly barbecue show. I don't know how realistic those things are, uh, but but they're there if you want to uh, jump in there. Thanks to everybody who has contributed this year, uh, this year especially, but just overall in yeah. general. Uh, you, you have, uh, I think you've given back for anything that we've given you uh, many times over, and we appreciate that. You can go to ifanboy.threadless.com, which is T-shirt and items uh, that can be made with any of our eight designs that are up there, including the Stay Home and Read Comics uh, uh, shirt and design. Oh, I'm wearing that right now. Yeah, which which, which is still sadly relevant. Um, I'm a walking billboard for our products. Half of the proceeds of the sales of that design go to the Comic Book United Fund. We are preparing to send them more money now. Um New designs are in our mind and will one day be pried out like a frozen uh, rock from ice. ifanboy.com slash support. Uh, you can find a direct support uh, via PayPal if that's the thing you want to do. If you, you think, I don't want to deal with any of that other stuff. So uh, here's this and thank you for what you do. Uh, or whatever. Tax dodge. Whatever it is. I don't, I don't know how that works. But we are getting to that point of the year where we're telling people if you need to unload a lot of money for whatever reason, yeah. we will help you launder it. Take that back. Not launder. It's not a launder. It's just it's we're going to take it. Like if, you're, if your accountant says, hey man, you have $12 million you need to get rid of otherwise you're in big tax trouble. Right, right. There's a PayPal button. I think that's a really good point. Um, PayPal button for that. Although, you know, if it is $12 million, maybe contact us directly. Because PayPal does take a bite. <laughs> anyway, ifanboy.com slash Amazon, uh, finally, is you can buy uh, the the books that we list on Booksplode. There's always a link on our pick of the week to get that issue, uh, should you so choose, and a general link to buy stuff from Amazon, which is a thing that people seem to be doing right now. And I'm saying, give us some of that. I'm, just, I'm also saying, if this is a Brewster's Million type situation where you have to give away a lot of money. That's good. This is this is a great place for it. We don't need to take all of it. We'll just take a little bit. You can give all the rest to you can buy a baseball team. You can do whatever you need to do. But what does it tell you about the '80s that they came up with a movie that was we need to spend all of this money as as soon as possible, and it's really hard. Josh, I hate to break it to you, but it's, it's a remake from a, a 1940s film. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Almost all movies are remakes. That's the that's the thing that you discover the more you watch old movies. Hmm. Let's do a couple of quick emails because we can, and we're not super over, but. These are quick. Frank J. from Bedford, New Hampshire, writes and says, I've been thinking about this question since late August, and I've recently re- I've recently relocated to New Hampshire, Bedford, to be exact, for work. Nice place, by the way. Bedford's a nice place. It was a truly sad moment when I had to break up with my local comic shop before the move, and I'm on the hunt for a new one in the New England area. I've tried a bunch of places, but I have yet to find one that isn't a T-shirt store pretending to be a comic shop. No hate. I respect what they're doing for business. I just want a full slate of books available to me. Does Josh have any shops he could recommend? I've been willing to go to Boston once the world stops burning and I can travel across state lines again. 
Uh, uh, Double Midnight Comics. There's one in Manchester, uh, which is pretty close to you, and there's one in Concord. Uh, I know the guys who run that. That is, they love comics. Uh, that is not a t-shirt. They do like Pokemon stuff and like that to keep it open. But like that's a comic store. They they read comics. They love comics. Uh, they care about it. Really good guys. Um, yeah, I have no other recommendations. That's that's where you should go. Double Midnight. It's Double. not even far from you. Double Midnight in, in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Curbside. You know, like they're doing the right things. They're acting safe. They're uh, good folks. Uh, and that's in England. Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. It's almost like a lot of towns in New England are also named after towns in England. Really? I had no, I had not yeah. noticed that. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you about New York. Yeah, New Amsterdam. You know, a couple episodes ago, we had some discussion about Steve's that really touched a nerve. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of response to the Steve discussion. Yeah, Steve yeah. versus Steven. Steve's Steve's in general. We got many emails about Steve's, including this one. Steve from Maryland. Writes and says, I prefer Steve. My mother calls me Steven. That is all. Does she always call you Steven or just when she's like upset? Steven! <laughs> Steven! <laughs> it's fun to say. Are you a Stevie to anybody? What about Stevie? I had a Steve- friend Steve-o. in high school. So I think we know what Steve was up to. You want to avoid that guy. Fun at the party, but at about 3 a.m. it's going to get real clear. What um, movie is this? What? What movie is that? Where they're all named Steve, Steve O, Steve, Stevie. I don't know. I was thinking of Steve O from Jackass. No, but there's a movie where they're all all the code names are Steve code names. I didn't know. Oh, it's uh, it's Inside Man. It's it's a uh, Spike Lee's Inside Man. Movie. Oh, all the that's yeah, all the all the uh, bank robbers use Steve variations of Steve as their public code names. That's kind of rad. That's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, uh, there's uh, I had a friend in high school. He was Steve, and he thought it was too normal, so he decided to be called Stefan. For a while, I think he finally dropped that because it was pretentious and stupid. But um, there's that, yeah. There's the there's Stefan. Obviously, we can go to all the greatest Steves. <laughs> so, uh, thanks, Steve, for writing in and telling us what you prefer. We were having the debate. I have yet to confirm with my the Steve I work with if he prefers Steve or Steven. But uh, what happened? Uh, what what's? It's been like two there's weeks. There's been no update because uh, I, as soon as I said in that show that we're always the first ones in the meetings, it stopped happening. Okay. So we haven't we haven't had a chance yet, but someone else referred to him as Steve, so I feel a little better about it. Yeah, but what if you're what if like you pile on? Yeah, no, I I, I tend to as soon as the next time we're in a meeting together by ourselves, but okay. it just hasn't happened. Okay. Not really worth to, 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 you know elongating the meeting by like, bringing up Steve. Slack him. Say yeah. I have this podcast, and I know this is going to sound weird to you, but thousands of people are waiting to find out. If you prefer to be called Steve or Steven, can you please get back? Dozens of people want to know. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can write in and get in on the show. Thanks to Steve and Frank. And real quick holiday schedule. This is our second to last episode of the year in terms of the pick of the week. We have a Booksplode coming out next week on the 10th. That's going to be talking about our book of the year, which is uh, Dragon Hoops. And then we are going to have our last hangout of the year on uh, December 12th. That's a Saturday. That's open to everybody. So if you're, everyone listening to the show can come join the hangout. Might as well come hang out with us. It's our last one for the year and also the last one open to everybody. So if you, if you wanted to do that, if you haven't done one yet, it's, it's going to be our, our last one. Then the day after that, 12-13 is our last pick week of the year. And then the following week is uh, 12-20. That's our all-media show. And then there will be no shows again until – uh, January 10th, which will be Pick Week 762. And then somewhere in there, either December or January, most likely January, will be the talks blow that Josh owes you. This is a wrong statement. 
I no? have a Talksplode scheduled for this mm-hmm. coming week to be recorded. It yeah. is a rad guest who I'm very excited to talk to. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, somewhere in there. I guess you're, you're I see recording what you're it, man? Tuesday. Well, then maybe it comes out on the 17th. Well, we'll we'll schedule that in, but it's it's not it's not a uh, it's not super distance, and it is not in in doubt. Okay. Well, I didn't say it wasn't coming. I just said it hasn't happened yet. So who knows? It's gonna happen. Know. I, it's 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 on. I've I've uh, I'm living up to my to my. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Okay, let's wrap it up. iFanboy.com for all of our podcasts. Everything that was ever written is still there. I mean, not everything. It's not It's not the Collaborate Congress or anything, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking Facebook.com slash iFanboy or following at iFanboy on Twitter and also at iFanboyComics on Instagram, which is a visual medium, so it features the best of the week in panels, and uh, many of that inf- information is there, but we also have to put a picture along with it. Uh, yeah. Follow us individually uh, on Instagram at C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan. Subscribe to our YouTube page over at YouTube.com slash iFanboy, and you can... Uh, Watch along as if they were new with our uh, old video show uploads. Uh, this past week, it was the first. It came from the storage unit mini, which was which was Connor's bit, uh, but also totally literal. Uh, New York Comic Con 2008. Uh, 2008 is the year for us, by the way. It is the, the 2008 is to iFanboy as 1986 is to comics. Um, and then, then finally, there's a spotlight on Grant Morrison, who is Scottish. Your turn. Yes. Yeah, and that was that was from Grant Morrison Week. We did a whole wow. week of shows about Grant Morrison. Wow. And finally, if you like the show, write us a review or leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts, which I'm finally just finally using and I hate. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to them, if you can do a rating or a review, that is a great place to do it. And uh, it helps shows, as we mentioned all the time. It helps the algorithm, helps people find shows, and we appreciate that. It's a nice little year in present for any podcast you listen to. Just leave a rating. That's all. Even better than that is tell your friends word of mouth helps spread the love about the shows you enjoy throughout the year. Any show, our show, whatever podcast you listen to, whatever fucking show your Spotify says, everyone's Spotify, everyone needs to know what everyone's Spotify says apparently. And whatever your show is, tell people about it. And, and thank everyone who posted about our show. But man, I never thought I needed to know what everyone is fucking listening to this year. I, uh, but apparently I, I do. I don't know who all those bands are. I don't use Spotify. I don't either. I don't have a Spotify account. Yeah. I did for a little bit, and I thought, this is pointless. I don't need this. Um, I thought I'd try it, but I I mean, I have Apple Music. It has its own things or whatever, but uh, you can do an Apple Music report, but mine's all screwed up because my kids listen to terrible music on on, on their account. (laughs) You know what they listen to? They listen to, have you ever heard of like where they take pop songs and then turn them into Minecraft songs? They listen to that stuff. So it's like doubling down on stuff I don't like. I think you should email Andrew Hunley. Listen, Andrew and I are there's a there is a there's a there's a question of cash involved. So <laughs> we have to work that out. I mean it's the, you know, he's only got the one shot at it, so Right. All right. Well until next week in our final pick of the week episode, I'm Connor. Oh. Of the year. Of the year. Not not, okay. not ever. Easy path. Oh, yeah, Easy. yeah, yeah. I'm Josh. See you next week. Bye.